Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Well, welcome back, folks, and welcome to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. Hey, this is OJD, and I just want to start off with always saying a hearty thank you. I appreciate everybody listening. Got a lot of downloads last week. I was a little surprised. Now, when I say downloads, that means somebody looked at something out of the last 52 episodes, but I had 58 downloads last week, so I'll take that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. So I uh, still am on the fence about going political. My wife wants me to start a YouTube channel. We'll see. I don't know. Heck, man, I ain't got time. As a matter of fact, I, I have to struggle just to, to do one of these uh, once a week. And when I first started, I was all excited. I'd, I'd, I'd record like two or three of them. Now I'm just like, dang, man, Wednesday's right around the corner. I got to do another one. But anyway, so I was thinking yesterday about what I was going to talk about. <clears throat> and it, and and it and, and a lot of stuff goes through my mind, but I thought about sharing, uh, you know, the the shock and awe uh, of enlisting in the Navy. Now I've already told the story about how I enlisted and left home and all that kind of stuff, and a couple of stuff about when I got to boot camp. But <clears throat> you know, joining the the military or or joining any organization, uh, there's a lot of words and and acronyms and terminology used that that quite frankly could be foreign to somebody so hell i ain't never heard that before so i i remember i'm gonna just go over a few of these and i actually have a book a great book called traditions and tales of the u.s navy and well not of the u.s i'm sorry because that let me let me back up here the book is actually titled traditions and tales of the navy and the u.s navy adapted a lot of these uh, but anyway, they came from a lot of the Portuguese, Spanish, and French, and and the uh, the English Navy, uh, quite frankly. So anyway, uh, so a lot of terms and stuff that was that was very foreign. And when you go to, and I can't say you, but when when I went to the Navy and enlisted, and, and you know, and, and shipped out, there was uh there was some things I had to learn. So and and some of them you learn by listening, some of them you learn by watching. Some of them you learn by just, I guess, putting your hand in the fire. So I remember when when we got to when the bus took us from the airport uh, from Orlando, Florida, at dark thirty, to the uh, recruit training center RTC Orlando, which was back when this was in nineteen eighty. Now, so Ronnie Reagan was going to be determined he's going to build a six hundred ship navy, and uh, and that was the. I ain't gonna say the height of, but it was damn near in the height of the Cold War, because uh, Russians were building a navy, so we had to have a strong navy. So anyway, uh, and I remember getting off that bus, and you know the company commanders are screaming, "Good Lord, they're screaming!" A lot of four-letter words are flying around. I don't know if they even do that today. They're probably all woke and and whatnot, which is sad. But <clears throat> excuse me. But anyway, so they're they're screaming. And I remember, um, you know, hearing things for the first time like, you know, hit your rack, uh, 
tattoo, lights out, uh, and then waking up, revelly, revelly, heave out and trice up. I'm thinking, what in the hell are they saying? And I remember walking through the, the that, that first morning, going to the galley, and I remember going through the doorway, and the guy didn't call it a doorway, called it a hatch, and and which I learned at that point was even wrong. But uh, walking walking into a door, I'll just use a common term, but I was walking through the door, and the guy that was standing there uh, started screaming at me because he said I stepped on his bright work. And I thought, what in the hell is he talking about? And uh, bright work is anything that is metallic that requires to be polished and shined. So it could be brass, it could be silver, uh, doesn't matter. But the threshold on the floor, you know, at the at the entrance of the door was metal, and uh, I stepped on it. And uh, I, I learned real quick, don't, don't step on that, because, damn, the, the screaming and stuff. But anyway, uh, you know, and, and learn things like, uh, and this is all just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be random here, but learn stuff like uh, butt kit, you know, was for ashtray. And, um, you know, uh, Java uh, uh, was for coffee. and or, or they just called it a cup of joe, but uh, they called it Java. But chow, you know, I, 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 I had never called eating chow. And, and maybe the Army and the Marines have a mess hall, but the Navy has a chow hall. And, you know, that's, that's where you went and ate. And you don't wear no damn hat, you don't, which is covered. You don't wear a hat on your head ever on the mess decks. That's like having sex with your sister. It's taboo. And it goes a long way back and the, on the ship especially. But the ship mess decks are, uh, are, the, are and, and they do call them mess decks on the ship, but on shore they call it the chow hall. And because I, you know, I'd like to tell you why, but the a cook in the Navy is was called I don't know what they're called now, but they were called a mess specialist, and uh, they specialized in making mess. I guess no, they were cooks and and had some great ones. But the uh, the mess decks on a ship is also the designated area for like a triage in the event of a mass casualty, and it's also uh, the the staging area for the dead. So, and, and it was to show respect. Uh, you never wore your uh, ball cap or your cover uh, on the mess decks because it was out of respect. So, but there's, there's a couple other terms, you know, you had to get used to. Uh, obviously, the whole rank structure you had to figure that out. I uh, didn't understand what a, a seaman was from an airman to, a, to an engineman to a, <clears throat> to a uh, personnelman to a, uh, you know, and, 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 and these are all just kind of generic terms of, of ranks because you can be an airman and that just meant that, that you were an E3 or below and you were in the Airedale Navy. And if you're in Airedale Navy, that means you were in the aviation Navy. <clears throat> and then, you know, you, you, you could become a petty officer and then you had petty officers, third class, second class and first class. And then if you were fortunate enough to be selected, and, and recommended and to be selected to be a chief, then you chief petty officer, and then there's a senior chief petty officer, and then there's a master chief petty officer. But th- those were enlisted ranks, and then the officers' <clears throat> ranks are uh, radically different, especially the other branches. 
So, but they all still have a silver bar, uh, you know, and then a, I mean, a butter bar, which is the the uh, the brass, I reckon, or gold. But anyway, it was a a single bar that was gold, and then you put single bar silver, and then two silver bars, and then a a gold oak leaf, a silver oak leaf, and then a bird, and then stars after that. So, <clears throat> but anyway, so here's some of the here's some of the things that uh, are traditions and tales of the U.S. Navy. Uh, I already talked about bright work, but the, a common word is avast, and that word <clears throat> spelt A-V-A-S-T, avast, is uh, screamed a lot. It means to hold or to stop, <clears throat> and I think it originated from some some words that were used in the Portuguese Navy. That's what it means, avast. So when, whenever there's line handlers handling line, you don't call them ropes, but you're handling line, and... Uh, you know, you could be handling small stuff. Uh, you could be handling, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the the thicker line, which is I think five inches or more, if I remember, is is like a. Uh, oh man, that's even escaping me now. But uh, anyway, so you don't call them ropes; you call it line. And if it's real small, then there's actually a term called small stuff. <clears throat> but if you're moving and whatnot, or if you're moving an airplane, they they holler a vast, which means to stop. Uh, chit, C-H-I-T, request chit. So that, and that came from, again, it originated from the Navy, but basically any piece of paper that is routed, <clears throat> submitted and being passed through uh, a chain of command uh, seeking approval, uh, it's called a request chit. And um, <clears throat> learn real quick what a request chit is. And, and everybody's familiar with the term AWOL, <clears throat> Uh, absent without leave, but the Navy doesn't call it AWOL. Uh, uh, the other branches do, but the Navy being the Navy calls it just UA, meaning you had an unauthorized absence and had to learn what that meant. You know, are you UA? It even means you're late. If you're late, you're UA. Uh, so, <clears throat> and then they had the term muster. And I'm thinking, you know, mustard? No, muster, M-U-S-T-E-R. Muster was, uh, you know, when you were supposed to be somewhere, and you had to basically fall in and and do all that stuff. But muster was when a basically a a name call or a somebody's taken, you know, I guess uh, a, a an account of where you're where you are and where you're supposed to be. That was called mustering, and then you had a muster report, and and. That's something that was done every day or every shift. Was I want to see the muster report? <clears throat> so, and then there was, uh, you know, I had to learn stuff like, and I think I'd already heard it a little bit of it, but you had to learn these all these things like, uh, you know, bow and stern, and 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 you had to learn starboard and port, and then you had to learn, you know, uh, half deck and quarter deck, and then you had to learn, <clears throat> you know, uh, beam and and mass and. And, uh, you know, what, what it meant when they say Sally the side, which means to upright the ship. And then uh, there was the whole thing about the birthing compartment. Um, you know, I didn't know what birth meant. Never heard of that before. So and it could be used either birthing compartment or birth where the, you, you put a ship. Uh, and that's exactly what it means. To birth means to put to rest, I guess, is, is lack of term, lack of better words. But uh, so you had to learn what that uh, what, what birthing meant. And, and I'd never heard of these terms. I thought birth, you know, I knew B-I-R-T-H. 
I was pretty pretty well laid on that right there. I knew what that meant, but they were talking about, you know, your birthing compartment. And and then you had to learn that your bed wasn't called a bed, it was called a rack. And 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 sometimes on the ship they called it uh the pit. So the birthing compartment on the ship was called the pit, and that's where your rack was. And 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 they would they would wake you up, the lights would come on. And whether it be in a in a in a barracks or on board ship in a birthing compartment, and the light would come on, and it would you know the bosun would blow the pipe, and it was revelly revelly up all hands, heave out and trice up now revelly, you know. And I thought, okay, so you had to learn like heave, and trice, and and why why did why did the bottom rack always have to be triced up, uh, for for several reasons. One is it because it could be cleaned, and it also uh, reduces the opportunity of gear adrift that was another one of loose articles to clog up a a uh, a pump if they had if they have to dewater the space so it was heave out and trice up and if you know if the uh, the petty officer or the chief walked through the birthing apartment and uh having to have to basically motivate people to get their ass out of Iraq they may be walking through there screaming you know let's go show a leg and show a leg came from an old nautical term where women would actually some some more seasoned uh, seasoned and senior sailors they would they would take their wife with them on a on a on a voyage and they would share the hammock together and and when it would not be proper to look at a lady so and, and of course not covered back then and so if there was a person in a rack, not a rack, a hammock, you could tell by the, obviously the lump in there. And if it was a woman in there, uh, show a leg meant you better stick a leg out so I can tell whether it's a man's leg or a woman's leg. Now I got to thinking about that for a little bit when I remember reading, reading it first time. And I thought, well, did women shave their legs back then? And I bet there were some old gals back then that had hairier legs than men. But that being said, whoever was down there trying to get folks to get up out of the rack, uh, AKA hammock, they could probably distinguish between a man's leg and a woman's leg. So that was what, that's where that came from. Show a leg. So, and then there was a whole thing about I, I, uh, and that meant, okay, I understand. And I'll do what you're telling me to do. That's basically what it means. I, I, and that really came from yes, yes. And then the Brits always talk like they got a mouthful of stuff. So somehow or another, yes, yes to yai yai to i i and all that kind of stuff and me being an old southern boy when I, I may have shared this before in boot camp but when my company commanders would tell me to you know they'd give me an order and tell me to do something i i couldn't get on board not right away with this whole i i thing so i was saying all right and i'd say it real fast i'd say all right sir and i remember one time my company commander said what'd you say and i said i i sir he said you said i i i said yes sir but what I was saying was all right, sir, and I, I was just saying it real fast, so he, he didn't know. But uh, there's a whole thing about I, I that type stuff. And then there's the, uh, the 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 uniform stuff. You have to learn about all that. But and I don't think they can even say it now. But if you had a piece of string uh, that was hanging off any garment, it was called an Irish pennant. And they got all woke, and they said, "Well, you can't call it that anymore." And so. But I didn't know what an Irish pennant was, you know, and you'd be standing there. You know, this is like the first 48, 72, 96 hours of boot camp. Some guy screaming at you behind you, 
picking at something on your ass, and you're thinking, what in the hell are they doing? And then they come around in front of you, and they're holding this little piece of thread. That's all it is. It's a piece of thread, and they're holding it like a, an inch from your eyeball. You can't focus on it. And there's spit flying out of the fellow's mouth, and he's screaming. And all I got out of it was, why do I have Irish pennants hanging off my ass? And I thought, man, I don't know what the hell an Irish pennant is. But he had one, and evidently I had it. And I just wanted to know going forward what I got to do to make sure I ain't got none of them damn things. So that was an Irish pennant. Skivvies was your underdrawers. <clears throat> and uh, and actually, your skivvies was your underdrawers and your undershirt. Them, them two pieces of articles was your skivvies. So, but uh, we refer to them just as underdrawers. <clears throat> but also, there's the, uh, you know, the, the, the we, we, we talked about uh, how they wake you up, which is uh, revelry, revelry, up all hands, heave out and trice up. Well, at night, uh, when it's time to go to bed, they play taps. And you'll hear them say, tattoo, tattoo. And what they're saying is, tap two. And, but they, we, we've, we've butcherized it and call it tattoo, but it's called tap two, tap two. Uh, lights out, you know, and you'll get a, you'll get a, like a pre of that. And, and then they'll, you know, shift colors and all that kind of stuff. And then they'll lower the flag and yada, yada, yada. But uh, when you're in port, not at sea. But uh, that came from, um, my understanding is it came from the British days of uh, the bar was closing and the taps uh, were to come to, T-O-O, but they were, they were drawing to an end. And it meant to, it, that's it, man. It's, 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 it's time to go home, tattoo. And that's when it was, uh, that was it. Time to go home. Last call. We better know it was last call. So, but... Uh, you know, and then there's the uh, you know the whole the whole thing about um, um, you know the Davy Jones locker. I remember you know trying to figure out what the hell is that, and you know who Davy Jones was, and and why is it important that we even uh, know this guy? I don't I don't know what Davy Jones you know what he had to do with anything, but uh, it, I, I think that started back in like in the 1700s. Uh, they would say, you know, go to Davy Jones' locker means, you, you know, you're being put to death, uh, or it could have been you were even drowning. But uh, it's it's actually said that it came from um, from the Bible story, which Jonah was just, you know, told to be stowed away for three days. And um, anyway, so it was thought that uh, Davy evolved from Saint David, and that the patron saint of the Welsh sailors. Uh, that a locker refers to a storage chest of a seaman. So somehow or another, that biblical story about Jonah and the the whole Davy thing being a evolved from Saint David, <clears throat> anyway, to the the Saint sailing anyway locker and anyway became Davy locker. So if you were going to Davy Jones locker, uh, things were bad and you, you, you were you were you were either dead or you're about to be dead. So. And then there's the peacoat. Everybody knows that's famous piece of uniform is the peacoat. And that was actually uh, from a type of cotton is where that term peacoat came from. And, you know, I remember being handed that damn itchy ass coat for the first time in my life. And I thought, what in the hell is this thing? And, and am I supposed to wear it? Well, first of all, I wish I still had mine and I don't. I regret that. I really regret uh, not keeping my my navy peacoat. 
Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in the Navy, and that was definitely one of them, and I wished I would have kept it. But the Peacoat was a made of heavy wool, and um, like I said, it was it was it was actually made uh, from a um, I'm trying to think what they call that, but uh, it was it was it was uh, it was a type of cotton, and, I'm, and, I'm, and anyway, so I forget what they called it, but they called it a Peacoat, and it's been called a Peacoat since uh, I think night no seventeen twenty three or something like that. It's been called a Peacoat. But there, there's a lot of terms in the Navy, and I just remember, uh, you know, getting into this new environment. I think we all go through it, but get to this new environment, and, boy, I just wasn't familiar with all these John Brown terms. You know, uh, I didn't know what a yeoman was, and they didn't call a, a dispersing clerk a purser. Uh, that was later. I mean, much earlier in my days. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what I was going to tell was just is – I just remember enlisting in the Navy, going to boot camp, and that first, I guess, two or three weeks, just hearing all these new terms. And, of course, in, in the Navy, man, they're, they're piling them on you and trying to figure out what the hell this meant, you know, quarter deck and standing in the watch and, and you know, muster reports and, and log books and, 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 you know, Irish pennants and, and – you know, snap two and and all this other stuff, man. It was it was just a bunch of stuff. So, but anyway, that's all I got. And and I would encourage anybody. Uh, Dr. Martin Davis is the actual guy who authored the book Traditions and Tales of the Navy. Uh, it's a if 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 anybody has someone a relative, I, I guess that would be the moral of this story. If you have a relative that's served in the Navy and you're thinking about what do I get them for Christmas or what do I get them for my birthday, I'm going to give you some good advice here. Uh, buy them, and it's a, it's a paper-bound book, uh, but buy them the book. <clears throat> and again, it's called Traditions and Tales of the Navy by Dr. Martin Davis. And I'm going to give you the UPC, so you can write this down if you need to, because if you Google it, hopefully it'll come up. But the UPC is 978-157-510-0814. So it's supposed to be 12 numbers. That sounded like that was 13 numbers. 978-157-751-00814. Anyway, so that's the UPC of the book. I would strongly encourage you to buy this because they'll have fun going back and looking back at all this kind of stuff and, you know, I guess trip down memory lane, but, you know, for, for, for nothing else, it's just, it's just a good book to have. And it's a great conversation piece, but, uh, all right, that's it. Got to go. Um, got to go make bacon for Miss Laura can spend money. I don't know if she'll like that or not. Anyway, Mike Coker would tell me if I was waving goodbye to him and he'd get out of the car and we lived in Washington, D.C., and he would just wave and walk off because y'all know what he would say. Bye, sickle.